I want to continue with this, the series of messages that we have been looking at the last few weeks on this theme of finding certainty in an uncertain world. These are uncertain times and that we are living in, and we've been looking at how we handle and how we cope with these difficult days. My granddaughter tells me nearly every day that she wants to be finished with this quarantine, not so she can go back to school, but so she can see her friends and she can, uh, she can go shopping. She tells us that every day, that she wants to go shopping. And some of us are just the same way. We feel shut in and, and, and we feel constrained and restricted so much that we're ready for it to be over. Simple truth is we don't know where this is going from here. So there's something else that we have to look forward to that's even more important than than getting it over with, and that is how do we work our way through it? How do we handle these difficult days? In our series of messages, we've looked at how important it is for us to keep our eyes on Jesus and keep following Him and trusting His leadership in our lives through these through these times. Last week, uh, we looked at Daniel's uh, story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who were delivered through the fiery furnace, and we talked about how how important it is for us to, to release our fears and hold on to our faith and allow faith to control us and not the circumstances. Today I want to talk with you about, uh, about a man that we're all familiar with. His name is Paul, and Paul demonstrates for us, I think, one of the greatest examples of hope. And today I want to, I want to title the message to uh, today to don't turn loose of your hope. There was a comics uh, comic strip, um, a Peanuts comic strip that was uh, published one time where Snoopy is sitting on his doghouse and he's thinking to himself. He says, yesterday I was a dog. Today I'm a dog. Tomorrow I'll probably be a dog. And then he thinks for a moment and says, Oh, there's so little hope for advancement around here. Well, I think that sometimes we feel the same way. How can, can we have a hope that will help us through the dog life, through those hard, difficult times? Well, Paul tells us how he made it through it and how, he, how his faith and his hope in what God was doing in his life saw him all the way through his uh, uh, through his struggles. I want you to open with me to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4. And in 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul is pinning what likely are the last words that we read, that we have, that Paul has, uh, that has, has pinned himself. He's writing it to his young protege in the faith, Timothy. And Timothy is, is being trained and has been groomed to to continue on in Paul's ministry of leadership in the churches. And Timothy is, uh, uh, is receiving this letter from Paul while Paul is in prison in Rome. And Paul is going to uh, talk to him about how difficult it's going to become as we get closer and closer to the, to the last days. Not just the end times, but even the last days of our lives. 
And so he, he writes to him, and in, in, in verse 1 he says, Timothy, I want you to make sure that you preach the Word of God, that you are uh, faithful to the Word of God. Do it when it's easy. Do it when it's difficult. Rebuke, uh, reprove, and encourage uh, the people to whom you are speaking. Um, and then I want you to pick up with me, reading when, as we come to verse 3 of, of 2 Timothy chapter 4. Paul writes, Timothy, the time is coming when people will not endure sound doctrine. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, those who will tell them what they want to hear. In verse 4, and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. But as for you, Timothy, always be sober-minded. Be serious about this. Endure suffering. Do the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. And then Paul shares with us some verses that are personal in nature. As he talks about the fact that he is at the end of his life, at the end of his ministry, his days are numbered. We know that, that Paul was, uh, had been arrested and was in this Roman prison unjustly simply because he, he faithfully believed, lived, and taught the gospel of Jesus Christ. So here's what he says at the end of his days. Verse 6, I am already being poured out as a drink offering. That was the oblation offering that, that, that this Jewish man named Paul would understand that would take place at the end of the sacrifice when everything had been accepted, had been completed, the drink offering would be poured out. And he says, I'm ready to be poured out as a drink offering. The time of my departure has come. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And in, and in the version from which I'm reading, the word day is capitalized because it's talking about an event, the return of Jesus Christ. He says, I will be rewarded on that day. And not only me, but all those who have loved his appearing. The Apostle Paul is, is telling this, his young friend in the faith about how, how God has seen him through these days and he's finished the race that God set for him and that, that, that God has purposed him to finish and now he's ready to return to God, to, to, uh, to leave this world and enter into his reward. Now, in the verses that follow, verses 9 down through, down through verse uh, 17 or so, he talks about those who didn't finish their race. He's writing to this, he's writing this, he tells us in the body here, he says, I'm here, only Luke is with me. Demas has left me. He's fallen in love with the world. Um, Titus has gone to Dalmatia. Uh, all, all these others that were with me are no longer with me. Only Luke. So here's what I want you to do, Timothy. Go get Mark and go and you come and you come and see me. And when you come, make sure you bring my coat 
and my books, especially the writings, the parchments that I have. Then he, he thinks again about all the things that God has done to see him through all this. And I want you to notice what it says in verse 18. For 2 Timothy 4, verse 18 says, The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Timothy is, is telling, uh, uh, is being told by Paul, this man, to, to, to do what I've done, to stay faithful and loyal and true to the calling that God has given to you. Teach the word, be faithful to teach the word. Why? Because the time will come when they won't, won't endure sound doctrine. So I want to break this down for not only Timothy, but for you and me as we look at Paul, who has been faithful for many, many years through many, many uh, crises in his life. Uh, all the things that he's gone through. In fact, I'd like to kind of read some of those to you if I could. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 2 Corinthians chapter 11 the Apostle Paul is, is talking about his credentials, has been talking about his credentials to be one of the apostles. Uh, elsewhere he talks, Paul does, about the fact that he is a Jew of Jews, that he is a, a, a Pharisee. As to keeping the law, he's perfect. He, is, he, he has all the qualifications if, Jew, if Jewish faithfulness was any kind of a qualification. Then he talks about how he had been faithful through all the, the details and all the circumstances that he had faced. And beginning at verse 24, he begins to, to detail uh, the list of the, uh, of the things that Paul, some of the things that Paul has gone through in fulfilling his ministry. See as we read these, if this wouldn't be a message to you, as, you're, as you read the things that, that uh, Paul went through, that you might say, you know, maybe I'm in the wrong line of work. Maybe I need to be doing something differently. Maybe God doesn't want me to, to go through this, these, uh, uh, this, the life the way that I am because of the circumstances that I'm being thrust under. But Paul didn't handle it that way. Paul saw them all as God's hand in preparing for him and equipping for him and giving him opportunities to minister. Look what he says, beginning at verse 24. He says, five times I received at the hand of the Jews 40 lashes less one. That's 39 lashes. That's the same kind of beating that Jesus took from the Roman guards the night that he was tried and convicted and the next day crucified. He, he, Paul says, five times I received that. Verse 25, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. And the whole purpose of the 39 lashes and the beating with rods and the stonings were for the purpose of, of bringing a person to death or almost to the, to the very verge of death. Furthermore, he says, three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys, in dangers from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, 
danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, and danger from false brothers. In toil and hardship through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from these things and others, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Think that Paul went through a great deal to be faithful to God and to be faithful to that purpose that he says. That he said in these verses that we read earlier in, in 2 Timothy that, uh, that I have been faithful to finish the race that God set before me. It wasn't an easy race. Look at the, the things that, uh, that he went through. And I believe that if most of us had, had to deal with the same kinds of struggles that he had, we would have given up long ago. But not Paul. What drove him? What kept him working uh, to be faithful to his call that God has for his life? I think it can be summed up in one word. Paul had hope. Paul had hope, and it was an, and this hope that he has, this expectation, this assurance within his own heart was so real that all of these other things couldn't talk him out of his hope. And I think that Paul would tell you, Timothy, if you're going to finish your race, you need to make sure you never turn loose of your hope. It will see, see you all the way through. So let's let's uh, let's break these verses down in Second Timothy and and get some understanding for our own lives from them. The first thing that I see in the uh, in the instructions that Paul has given to Timothy is Timothy. We see we see the instructions to Timothy. Timothy, make the Word of God central in your life. In the message that you speak, in the way that you're living, make sure that you are faithful to teach to a world that doesn't always go along with what the Word of God says. In fact, he, he, he tells Timothy in so many words that as you are faithful to teach the Word, understand you're going to undergo some, uh, some conflict you're going to undergo some resistance and some rejection and some rebellion. So he tells him in verse 5, be sober-minded and endure the suffering. Do the work of an evangelist. An evangelist tells the good news to others. But endure the suffering that comes with that and fulfill your ministry, that which God has called you to do, the same that he's called me to do it. You fulfill your ministry. Those are the instructions that Timothy gives. Paul doesn't tell Timothy, Timothy, you need to go out and grow great big churches. Have hundreds and even thousands of followers on your Facebook page. Timothy, what you need to do is to be faithful to what God has called you to do, regardless of what may come against you as you do those things. The instruction that was given to Timothy. The second thing I want you to see is the is the observation of the times. The way the world was, uh, was, was why Paul told Timothy, you've got to be faithful and don't turn loose of your hope and your expectation. 
because the world has turned loose of it. We are in these difficult times uh, where the coronavirus is, is, has, has run rampant all across, all across our globe. And people are, are being sickened and others are, many are, are even dying. And, and I'm grateful for all those who are on the front line, um, especially medically, who have put themselves in, in danger and in harm's way and have separated themselves from their own families just to serve others. But it's been difficult on many of these hard workers. And one of the things that I've, that I've heard reports on of late is that the suicide rate amongst those workers is skyrocketing because it's so overwhelming. They talk about how difficult it is. And I can imagine they're right. I can understand why, why, why this would be so personally affecting to them in their own lives. But you see, as we face the hardships and the difficulties of today, if we turn loose of our hope, what do we have to hold on to? So it's important for us to cling to the hope. Never turn loose of those because the world around us is losing um, its hope. That's what he talks about in verse 3. He talks about how important it is that the word, that, that the world hears the truth because they are hearing so many mixed messages and uncertain messages, sometimes even from the church or from Christians or from those who, uh, who are considered to be in the ministry, giving false hope, teaching myths, leading people astray. Paul says to Timothy, Timothy preached the word because the people who have no hope can only find it in the word of God and from the person of Jesus. And so the, as we look at the times around us, we find that there is a desperate yearning for people to have hope. And how will they have this hope unless someone comes and tells it to them, shares with them the good news? So, so Paul says to Timothy, Timothy, understand the times that you're living in are going to be resistant to what hope teaches, but in need of what hope can provide. So we see the instruction to Timothy and we see we see the observation of the time, but I want you to especially notice today, verses 6 to 8, the expectation of Paul. What Paul was expecting to take place in his life. I mentioned earlier that Paul had this hope to which he clung all the way through his ministry. His hope wasn't a wish list of things that he wanted God to do for him. His hope wasn't, wasn't a, uh, a desired outcome. His hope was an absolute expectation of a future event. He believed that when Jesus said, I am returning, that he meant, I am returning. And so he lived for, and he looked for, and he longed for that time. Paul expected that God would do what Paul, or what God has said he will do. Look, at, look again at verses 6 through 8. He talks about this. He, he says, because I have this hope and this assurance that God will do what God will do, what God has said he will do, that uh, I can run the race, even though we read what his race involved, the beatings, the, the, the beatings with rods, the being stoned, the shipwrecks, 
all of those things. He says, I can endure them and I can stay faithful to them because I expect an outcome. I expect to get where I'm going. Now, I, I, um, I know that it's difficult nowadays to travel, but think with me about flying on an airplane. When you board that airplane, when you buy the ticket and you get on, on board, you expect to end up at the place where that ticket says you're headed. You know, you, you want to have that, that ending point. Now, between takeoff and landing at the other place, there may, you may encounter some turbulence. You may have some times in your seat where you hold on to the armrest or where you feel uncertain about certain things, but you still expect that you're going to make it to the end. That's what Paul was driven like. He, believed, he knew that these hard times were going to come, and he wanted to tell Timothy, Timothy, endure suffering because it's going to come. But... Even in the suffering, in the times of the suffering, you can know where you're headed. Paul knew where he was headed. And in fact, he said, because I have been faithful to live a righteous life, not bragging, but that's, that's what he's saying, I've been faithful in following what God has called me to do. I know that he, the Lord himself, is going to present to me a crown of righteousness. But not just me Everyone who is faithful and loyal and committed to the hope that they have through Jesus Christ. So Paul says, I have an expectation here of the way things are going to end. Then I want you to see the fourth thing is the exaltation of Jesus. Because of this, Paul takes the time in this letter to Timothy... This letter that, where he is expressing to Timothy how, how uh, God has seen him faithfully through all this and how, he, how Timothy too is going to have to walk a great deal in, in those footprints of, uh, of Paul, those footsteps that Paul has laid down. I want you to see what it says in verse 18. God will rescue me from every evil and bring me to his heavenly kingdom. And then he breaks into praise. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul is, is exalting Jesus through this. His, his, his purpose in sharing all these things where he says, uh, I have been faithful and I finished the race and I've run the course that God has had for me. And now, Timothy, you do this as well. It wasn't because Paul was saying, I'm an unusual character. I'm somebody who has... Uh, a, a great relationship, a greater relationship than all these other people that are out there. That's not why, uh, why Paul is, uh, is saying what he's saying, but he's saying what he's saying to, to, let, to give that reminder or to deliver that message that he has arrived all the way through this because God has been faithful to him. He has this assurance that God will, has seen him all the way through and will continue to do so until God calls him home. Now, we don't know exactly when this letter was written. Most scholars believe that it may have been days, perhaps even hours later, that Paul loses his life for his faith and for his faithfulness. Paul, history, church history tells us, was beheaded because of his faith. We don't know exactly how much after this 
uh, Paul lives. But he did know this, whether he would live an hour, a day, a week, or a month, or a year, that God would be faithful to him all the way through, that he would, he would keep him safe and keep him from evil all the way through, and then would take him home. And he says, because of that, may God be greatly praised now and forever. So be it. Amen. I think that as we go through the times that we're going through, sure, they're hard. Sure, we'd rather do other things and we, we would rather that it not be the way it is. All of us are that way. But, an, but we are going through this together and we can either go through this complaining and bitter and and hurting because of it and frustrated and just ready to give up we can lose our hope or we can choose to cling to our hope to never turn loose of our hope and to allow hope to see us safely through if you know Jesus if you've given your life to Jesus understand that you are his he has promised he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will never allow anything to go, uh, for your life to go through that will, that will separate him, uh, separate you from his love for you. He has promised he will go with us and that he will never, ever leave us alone. And so we can have that assurance, that same hope that I don't know exactly why this is happening, but I do know that God's in charge so I'm just going to trust him, and I'm going to allow him to continue to leave me, knowing that he will take me safely home. What a great promise. What a great thing that we can have when we cling to our hope and allow nothing to take it away from us. I want you to bow your head with me now as we, 